everyone. Welcome to another episode of the Paulson University Podcast, the podcast for dog people. If it's your first time listening, I'm John, a former animal cruelty officer and a former animal shelter supervisor. And I'm Jamie. I am a certified dog trainer and a canine behavioral consultant. On this episode, we are answering all of your dog questions on Facebook Live. Enjoy. Okay, we got through it. We got the intro done live with only one mess up on my behalf, and uh, we missed last week. We did. We got a little lazy. Uh, we had the you know Thanksgiving, which kind of took up quite a bit of our time. It did. And Tasha has been um, living with us. She's our foster pup right now, so we've been giving her extra love and attention. We just want to make sure that she is the most loved as possible. So that's been taking our time as well. She's actually making huge improvements. She really is. Uh, John left and went to the store today and she didn't cry. Did we ever say like the extent of her separation anxiety? Did we ever touch on that? I don't think we did. Not in in full capacity. Um, But the first week that, you know, the first two days, I would say she was moderately okay. And then she got super attached to us, very similarly to how Oakley did. And um, if John walked outside, closed the door, she would immediately cry and run to the door. And I was like, well, what am I, chop liver? Because yeah. I would go out to trainings and like John was like, no, she's fine without you. What's funny is that's the MO for like all of our dogs. It, it always starts that way. Um, they love me. And then <laughs> after like two weeks, they I'm chop liver and they're obsessed with you. So. <laughs> it's true. Other than Pudge, Pudge is still obsessed with you. Actually, Pudge and I hated each other. Yes, you guys did not uh, mesh well in the beginning. And I, when I tell that story, people are like, "How could you? How could you hate a dog?" <laughs> no, I hated her. She was a brat. <laughs> well, granted, we had her from three weeks old, so she was not the normal uh, puppy situation. Right. True. True. It was difficult. Um, what else haven't we discussed? What um, did, I, I feel like a lot happened in the last two weeks. Well, Tasha's nose is getting better. I don't know if we touched on that before we, we got her. Um, her nose was all scratched up because she was in a previous foster home that worked out of the house. Um, so she was home quite a bit before the dog walker would come and walk her. And um, she was actually breaking the bars on the crate uh, with her teeth. And then she was like cutting her nose on it. So pretty much, you know, snout, like the snout hole to snout hole was snout, uh, hole. <laughs> snout hole. Um, was pretty, pretty banged up. And then... Um, we just, we noticed her flapping her ears and then her nose really wasn't getting better. I mean, she would even play with a toy the wrong way and her nose would bleed. So we actually brought her to see, um, our vet, Dr. Mammon. She's amazing. And, um, they did a bunch of, she came out with a long list of things that she needed. So she wound up actually having an infection underneath the cuts on her nose. I guess it was just, you know, taking hit after hit it just it got infected so there was some pus underneath so she had to go on antibiotics she gave me this powder I always I can't pronounce the name of it it's not um septic powder that you use for like nails but it's very similar to that it's more like um I guess it's more st- steroid well, I think based. she said that it was like a four in one like antifungal antibacterial all kinds of stuff yeah and I think it like it it's like a pain reliever for the for the area and um will keep it clean and, and kind of like a steroid um before I had that I was using hydrocortisone was actually they're actually working really well together um so then she had drops for her ears what else Oh, and fluoxetine for her anti-anxiety. Or, yeah, she yeah. We started her on a very low dose of fluoxetine to kind of, because anytime that we have anxiety that gets to the point of like mutilation and self-harm, like she was doing with her nose, then it's time to intervene pharmaceutically. 
um, because we're not going to make any progress with regular training. We really need to break down those walls with the anxiety before we can make any progress, which is, I feel like that's really what we've done so far. We've she was a proud made a lot of progress in two weeks. Yes, she's doing wonderfully. Casey says, was a brat. I, are you referring to Pudge? Because yes, she is. Pudge still is a brat. She'll <laughs> never not be a brat. Casey, Did you say she was a brat? She, I mean, she's a... It's hard to say. Brat is I have like a soft spot nice, for Pudge. That's the nice way to say it. Brat. <laughs> it, there's things that I would have to mark this as explicit just to say. Casey, I love her. Casey and Pudge are, are biatches. They're uh, two peas in a pod. Did you, that was rude. It's not. That she loves her. They have well, a very interesting relationship. Pudge is her spirit animal. <laughs> yes. Okay. So I think that we've properly caught ourselves up. And now we need to properly catch ourselves up on. There's so many of these. All these ask the trainer questions. I think we only have time for about five of them tonight. But we'll try and get through as many as we can. And uh, these are all backlogged from like what? Mid-October. Yeah. Are these from yeah. like some of them are from the morning show? Uh, I don't, I'm not sure. Maybe they or found shortly us. Shortly after. Yeah, I don't, I think they found us from the morning show. All right, let's just hit the ground running. So listener, Santiana, sent us an email asking, well, she said, love this podcast. I recently started listening because my boyfriend and I are getting on, getting an English bulldog puppy around Thanksgiving. All right, so we're a little late on this one. <laughs> and I'm trying to pick up any tips I can. We live five floors up in an apartment building and our unit is on the corner right by the stairs. I'm curious as to what your potty training tips would be. Since getting the pup outside won't be as easy as if we were in a house or a lower floor apartment, how often should we be taking her out? What reinforcement techniques are best to reward a potty outside? That's a good question. Mm-hmm. What should we do when she has accidents inside the apartment? Thank you so much for your advice and for making this and all of your information available so everyone can do the best to learn properly, to properly care for their fur babies. So um, we have another podcast episode on potty training but i think because this is more specific to her situation in the apartment um these these are great questions because um when you are making the choice to adopt a puppy in an apartment you are definitely setting yourself up to do a little bit more work than somebody that would if they you know were on a lower level apartment or lived in a house where they had access to the outside much easier than you um so this is going to be a little tough in the beginning so you need to, and I said this in the other podcast, but um, if you want like a more detailed uh, explanation of that, go, definitely go listen to that episode. But really it's it's starting out with a certain amount of time and hitting that mark. Every, like, so we say half an hour. Every half hour, you take that puppy outside regardless of what's going on and you are bringing them downstairs. Um, if the dog is sleeping, you can leave the dog. But the second they wake up, you take them outside. Um, but it's, it's really being on that 30 minute schedule. That's going to teach them to, to hold the ladder because once they can do it, let's say you go a half an hour for a day, right? They make it no accidents. You're good. You were constantly watching them. They were never out of your sight to have an accident. Um, never getting distracted after play. And then the next day you bump it up to 45 minutes. You do 45 minutes, every 45 minutes, they go outside if they go outside, they don't go to the bathroom. Great. That's fine. They go back inside, but you need to be back out there in the next 10 minutes for them to go again. So it's kind of like, okay, you don't want to go now, go back inside and then we'll go back outside in 10 minutes and they should be able to go then. Um, you just really need to watch 
how much time you're giving them and making sure you're not getting distracted. I literally have some clients on a clock, like on their phones where the alarms are and it's every half an hour and you reset it the second you get back inside and then you start all over again. Again, if they're sleeping, um, let them sleep. Do not wake them. Um, and this doesn't pertain to at night either. So they can sleep through the night. Um, if they do wake up, absolutely take them out in the beginning. Um, you should be crate training. Crate training is going to be your best friend. Um, because you can't actually take a dog out every half hour. You would get nothing done. So you need to be able to put them into a crate that's uh, perfectly sized for them so they don't feel the need to go to the bathroom in there. A lot of dogs don't like to go to the bathroom where they sleep. So make it small enough where they're comfortable, um, but that they won't go to the bathroom. They can't pee or poop over here and then go you know, a, a foot that way and get away from it. Um, while they're in there, they're learning to hold it. So that bladder is being engaged and they're like, okay, I got to hold it. I can't go here. Um, but when we leave them out, even if you're like gating them in a kitchen, it's too much area. They're going to go because they can go over there and then go five feet over there. Um, so keep that in mind. Crate training is so important for puppies. This is not a mean thing. You're not, you're not jailing them. This is what, this is really to, to grow that bladder and, and make it be able to hold what it needs to. And then you just keep adding 15 minutes to a half an hour um, once they're doing well. Now, if you bump it up to an hour and a half and they're having accidents, you've gone too far. you got to take a step back. Go back to kindergarten and maybe minus 15 minutes and really, really watch them. Um, the least amount of pot, uh, potty incidents in the house is going to be what you're going for. So try to catch them. Even if you think they're sniffing for a second, you pick them up, bring them outside. Um, no pee-pee pads at all. No. Once nope. you get started with those... No. It's it's very difficult to stop using them. And we can say that because we literally did it with Pudge because she was so little and we were we were both working full time and we had no other choice because we didn't have anybody to take care of her at, at four weeks old. She was so tiny. Um, it was a pain in the butt to get her off of them. It was it was it took a year. It was it was awful. Um, so don't do it. We, we are definitely, we're veterans in that. And just, it's not, it's not a good way to go down the road. Also, crate training is really good for just building independence and confidence for your dog. If they, if they're comfortable in a crate by themselves and they're exposed to it early, they're going to be more confident and confidence is huge when it comes to preventing issues down the line when they get older. Absolutely. What was the other question? There was like a third, wasn't there? Uh, no, I think you covered it all. Did I? Yeah. I thought there was a third one. Nope. Okay. Covered the what's different about I mean it's not that different. There's nothing really that much different about, you know, being five floors up or on the first oh, floor. Oh, she asked about the reward. Always oh, have a yep, treat with right. you. Always have a treat with you when you're outside. Yes. You have to, have to, have to, because when they go and put a word to it, go do peepees, go potty. We had one client who used to say, Do big business for poops and it was hysterical and I always bring that up because I think it's so funny. Um, so put a, put a word to it, put a phrase and then, okay, let's go do peepees. You leash them up, you go downstairs and you say, go do peepees. And if they take forever, you're not moving, you're not engaging with them and you're saying, do peepees, do peepees. And then mm -hmm. they go, good boy, good boy, you did peepees outside. Treats, 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 go back inside. And if you're in a position where you can't reinforce the treats, lots of praise, pets, mm -hmm. You know, belly rubs, Make it worth whatever, it. anything positive is a good reinforcer. Oh, and you can't re can't reprimand if they go inside the house and you missed it because it's more on you than it is on them. Yeah, it, you're kind of just wasting your energy and you're uh, kind of messing with your relationship with your dog and they're trusting you. Yeah, they're not going to know what, they're, what you're yelling at. All right. Question number two is from listener Katie. She asked us, hello, currently live in Eastern PA. I'm moving to Florida beginning of December. In terms of dog health, flea tick, etc., 
Is there anything that I should do differently? Current, you currently use Advantix 2 for Flea and Tick and monthly Heart Guard. He was heartworm positive and treated in 2009 when found in South Carolina. Sounds familiar, right? Mm-hmm. I do plan to have him tested before leaving PA. Are fleas worse in Florida? Do you suggest a different flea preventative? Are there any other issues I should be aware of besides alligators, LOL? <laughs> <laughs> I will take any info resources you may have. Thank you. I guess this is one of the ones that you said is probably yes. better suited for me. I told John before we started, I said, I think there's a few questions in there that might be tailored more towards you. Yeah, this is this is more up my alley. I John think. is a researcher. So I don't want to I want to do mammon proud here. I don't want to get yelled at when she <laughs> hears this. When you talk about warmer climates anywhere, you know, in the southern part of the United States, Florida being one of them, the warmer climates have longer, warmer seasons. They have less opportunities for frost, which means fleas, mosquitoes, ticks are way more active in the colder months or the colder months, I should say, down there. Um, so yeah, absolutely in Florida, you're going to see bigger instances of fleas, ticks, mosquitoes, and all of those are vector species for all kinds of illnesses. Oh, Sam just sent us a message. Mamma just sent us a message about Tasha's nose that it is looking good. <laughs> That's so weird. It just popped up on my screen. Um, so, so yes, they're way, way more active down there all times of the year. Just like up here in December, you can still get ticks on your dogs, but it's going to be way more active in a warmer climate. As far as Advantix 2, we're not really a fan. If you're looking for a good flea and tick preventative, Cradilio is very good and Brevecto, although we're learning that Cradilio might be better than Brevecto because it covers, what is it, Lone Star Tick? Yes. Covers the Lone Star Tick for a longer amount of time. So I believe Brevecto only covers the Lone Star for eight weeks and the rest of the ticks for 12 weeks, whereas Cradilio will cover all of them for... One month? Yes. Cradelio is basically used... I mean, you can use it for any any dog, um, but it is generally used for puppies because um, you can't put a puppy on Provecto because let's say it's in the age range of like 20 to 40 pounds, but within the first two months, it grows to 50 pounds. And then it, it's it's no longer working. It's out of the, the weight range. Um, so Cradelio is used in the beginning when they're growing so rapidly because by the time is, is the month is over, you're on to your next pill. So um, yeah, Cradelio is great. Yes. But I would definitely check in with, with someone in Florida, like if your, your vet that you're going to go to, uh, make sure they're, they're really up to date on what they're talking about when it comes to these types of things. And I just wanted to throw in what our favorite vet tech danielle rulo has to say about it she said cordelio is safe for all ages Provecto can be used for any pup over six months of age and it actually only covers a lone star tick the one with the little white white dot on it for eight out of the 12 activated weeks which is why in high tick areas or for active hikers we recommend cordelio over Provecto. Ceresto, which is the collar is safe for any dog over seven weeks of age so i hope that answers your question on to number three, listener Cassie says, good morning. I'm a new listener to your podcast, and I was going through a few episodes. It's another one for me, isn't it? On a small bite about dog food, we talked about grain-free and gave some food recommendations. I have two dogs, and with vet recommendation, one of them needs to be an exotic meat food due to allergies. I wish she kind of touched on what exotic meat exactly I know. Meant. With two dogs, food can get pricey, having to feed exotic meats, plus the fact that a family member in my house has fish allergies, and I'm afraid to give my dogs anything where fish oil is high up on the ingredient list. Understandable. 
Would you have any recommendations for food that I can look into? Currently, I'm feeding them Diamond Naturals lamb. So if lamb's exotic, then I guess we're just going off of anything that isn't Mm -hmm. beef or chicken or fish. Yeah. The one with the food allergies doesn't love it, and I top it off with some primal nugget rabbit formula, which instantly makes the food enticing. My other dog is losing a lot of hair. When I brought this up to my vet, they checked her levels and said everything was fine. Gave her five milligrams of melatonin twice a day, but part of me thinks she is losing her fur because of the food. I should mention she also eats grass like it's her job to be a lawnmower and constantly eats feral cat poop when going for walks. I try to stop it as much as possible for some, but sometimes she is too quick. Anyway, I'd love some food, some feedback and any ideas you may have. Thanks for all the great info. Loving the podcast. So for an exotic dog meat, you're, it's all going to be expensive because it's not produced and consumed in the same quantities that chicken or beef are. I've seen success with kangaroo, Mm -hmm. Zignature, that's Z-I-G-N-A-T-U-R-E, Zignature Kangaroo Dry is a good formula. It is available on Chewy, Amazon, probably your local uh, pet store. It's a little pricey though, $75 for a 25-pound bag, so that's... that's a small bag. That's like... That's not the big bag. No, that's probably maybe 150% of what you would normally pay. I would recommend seeing a vet that specializes in dermatology. Yeah. Most vets will, will specialize in two different things. It can be, you know, anxiety, dermatology, internal medicine, all kinds of things. So look for one that's really good with derm. And then. Get yeah, a- like I'm wondering if she did an allergy panel and that's why they said it. Or she just said, oh, well, they have allergies. So let's well, go. She for- said levels check. So I don't I No, that I'm- was the dog with the hair. That's not the dog with the allergies. Oh, you're talking- I was talking about the dog with the hair. Oh, okay. As far as derm. Gotcha. And uh, yeah, I don't know what the symptoms were for the other dog with the yeah. allergies. The reason why they went yes. to the exotic food. But to I'm, now I'm on the dog who is losing fur. Yeah. The other thing I would do is get a fecal done, check for parasites that could be robbing her of her nutrients because mm-hmm. if she's eating feral cat poop, feral cats are big vector species for intestinal parasites. So if they're eating, if she's eating the poop, then she could be picking up larvae, which are then growing into you know tapeworms, roundworms, hookworms, anything in any kind of intestinal parasite that's going to take up those nutrients. When you become nutrient deficient, you're going to start to lose your fur. Also, um, Zoe, your parents' dog lost all of her fur because she had Lyme's disease. Yeah, she had a bunch of other symptoms though. On top of yeah. that, um, like inflammation of the joints, pain. You couldn't even touch her without her screaming. Yeah, so just I think I think she definitely needs uh, to be seen by a very knowledgeable derm vet. Yeah, that would probably really help. And then maybe possibly get a second opinion on that exotic uh, dog food. Because yeah, maybe it's not even necessary. Expensive. Yeah, it might not even be nece- necessary. Although, you know, I don't know if the issues were internal, if she's vomiting, having mm-hmm. diarrhea, yeah. all kinds of things. But I if, don't love the grass eating either. That that tells me we got a bellyache going on. Yeah, there could be something going on GI related for the dog that's losing the hair. On to the next question. Listener Katie says, my dog sleeps in the bed with us since April 2020 when we rescued him. COVID baby. Mm-hmm. We are moving to yep. a new home beginning of December. Could this be an opportunity to train or retrain him to sleep in his dog bed instead of the bed? At night, he sleeps right at wherever I am. He will not go into bed with my boyfriend if I'm down on the couch. He'll stay with me and vice versa. If I go to bed, but boyfriend is on the couch, he will go to bed with me. At night is when he is most attached. Mm-hmm. That one's for you. That makes me sad. Um... Yes, I think uh, moving is is a good time to do it. Uh, just keep in mind that moving in general is super stressful. So you don't want to like 
pull the rug out from under him completely when you do this big change. Um, I think going slowly with it might be a, a better option, uh, depending on his behavior in general and where you want to have him sleep. Um, I mean, he is a rescue and you just got him, um, in April. It hasn't been too, too long. Um, so I definitely think he's probably super attached to you again. Like John said, he's a COVID baby. So depending on what your, your day has been like since COVID this, this COVID situation kind of hit, um, I can give you a better idea of what we should do if you want to reach out and we can discuss it a little bit more in depth, but we have to tread a little bit lightly, um, this year rather than we would have, you know, last year or the year before that, if you asked me the same question, um, stress is high, not only for us, but for the dogs as well. And they feed off of us. So we don't want to send him spiraling. If anxiety is something that's on the tipping point, um, you may not be seeing it full fledged right now, but if you did something drastic, like moving him from your bed to a bed on the opposite side of the room, that may kind of put him over the edge. We just want to make sure that we're doing it in a way that doesn't make him spiral. Um, since you're saying he's most attached at night, um, we don't, we definitely don't want to make him upset and think what, what's going on here or associate it with uh, your boyfriend or anything like that. Um, you know, I have a lot of follow up questions like what's the relationship with your boyfriend, with, with your dog? Um, what is his normal day like when you're, are you guys working? Are you working from home? Um, lots of questions to follow up on, but yes, you can absolutely, um, change this over. I would just do it in an appropriate way. Definitely make it super cozy for him. Nice big bed, some blankets. Um, and I would probably give him a work to eat toy before bed. Nothing huge. Um, uh, cause again, we don't want nothing rich, like no peanut butter, nothing that's going to give him the runs or make him have to go to the bathroom, anything like that. Um, a lot of times for this kind of stuff, especially with my puppies that, um, will wake up at like five, six o'clock in the morning and have to go to the bathroom. And obviously we have to take them out because they're puppies. Um, then they come back and they don't want to go back in the crate or they're like raring to go. Cause they think it's morning. Um, I suggest to those clients to do, um, maybe some, um, Kongs, smaller Kongs, not big ones because it's, it's nighttime. So we're not giving them huge stuff, but maybe like a, a little, a littler Kong than what they would normally get. Um, and fill that with either like beef broth. Um, I don't, chicken broth is fine. It's, it's broth. So it's not like you're getting the full meal, but I do find a lot of dogs are allergic to chicken. So I steer away from that. So if you, if that's, if you have allergies, maybe do something different, vegetable broth, um, seafood broth, something like that. And you just, you plug the bottom of the Kong broth. Yeah. You ever see that? Yeah. Um, you plug the bottom of the Kong, uh, with something and then you put it in the freezer standing up. So then you have a, a frozen Kong of broth and that's something you can give them in the middle of the night, distract them from the fact that you're going back to bed. They work, 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 pass out. Um, so this might be a good option for him from, for before bed or something that's, um, maybe not too hard on his stomach. So like vegetable puree, sweet potato puree, pumpkin puree, something like that, and then freeze it and give it to him right before bed. You guys go to bed. He works, 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 go to sleep. Sounds good. That's my recommendation. <laughs> You're right. You I'm a little out of breath. breath. <laughs> that was a long one. <laughs> it was. My brain was just going, so I have to keep up Not sometimes. Not bad for a live. <laughs> wow. All right. You ready for number five? Yeah. And if you guys have any questions, um, we have a couple people still watching. You can ask your question right in the comments. We'll see it, and we will get to it. So number five, listener Haley says, Hi, so we just got a puppy about five to six months ago. She's a Chihuahua Terrier mix, and we already have a Dachshund mix who is almost 10 years old and is mostly blind. Now our puppy has been humping our other dog, biting and chewing on her ears, and getting possessive if we give them a treat. They'll basically fight over a treat, complete with growling. The puppy also growls and bites at me if I try to stop her from sniffing something. 
I've been trying to train her puppy, but she only responds to treats and will lunge if a treat isn't given immediately after doing a trick. Any help? So um, I actually reached out to Haley and I told her that I think we should probably set up a virtual training because there's a lot going on here. I did tell her that we would touch on a couple of these things tonight, but that I, I have tons of questions for her. Um, first off, my apologies with the Chihuahua Terrier mix. Um, yeah. My condolences. We, we, should, we would have warned you <laughs> yeah. if you just asked. Ours you. is a beast. So Speaking of which, your mom <laughs> left a comment a little while ago. Pudgelina likes Poppy and Nani the best. She <laughs> probably does. You're she's probably actually right. at my parents' house right now. She's spending a little time with them. Um, but you're right, mom. She does love you guys the best. Um, so with this type of behavior, depending on how old this puppy is, I did tell her that this is some intense behavior for such a such a young pup. Um, and that we probably have some insecurity issues going on here. Um, the humping, uh, contrary to a lot of beliefs that humping is like a sexual thing. It's not, it's, it's mostly like a, like a hierarchy type, you know, trying to muscle the other dog and say, you know, I'm, it's not like a whole alpha thing. We don't really believe in the whole alpha, um, theory, but definitely trying to muscle the other dog and, and show a little bit of dominance there. Um, or just total overstimulation. Yeah, and, yeah. And any way they can get that energy out, they'll get it out. Sometimes I explain it as um, some people who get super nervous in certain like awkward situations don't know what to do with themselves, so they bite their nails. I am one of those people. Um, that is kind of the equivalent of what's going on that here. That would it's be like, a displacement behavior. It is. Thank you. I'm aware. <laughs> um, this dog is humping because it doesn't know what else to do and almost like biting your nails. You just do it because there's nothing else for you to do and you feel awkward. So that might be what's going on. It could be a dominance thing. So I have questions for her to figure out what's really going on there. Um, possibly doing the humping because she may know that the other dog is blind and trying to have one up on her. Uh, that's always possible. Um, what were the other two things? It was, she was snapping at her when she didn't get the treats, right? Yes. Uh, well, they'll basically fight over a treat complete with growling. Okay. And that's that's a little alarming for such a young pup. Yeah. So I want to I know if we know what happened to the puppy prior. Was she with a bunch of dogs and how were the conditions? Was she being fed properly? Um, a lot. Of, I see a lot of puppies like this very young coming to a new home with other siblings and they sort of guard. It's like the pre-guarding interlude type of behavior um, where they're getting super snappy and a little like possessive and, and but it's nothing super, super intense, but definitely the growling. She's letting you you know she's uncomfortable so definitely don't yell at her for the growling and don't growl growl don't growl don't don't yell at the other dog either because she has no idea what's going on because she can't see um so she's probably just trying to protect herself vocally um but definitely the, the scuffling that's going on we need to we need to interject there but in a positive way we possibly separating them a little bit when giving treats definitely working on commands i'm assuming that we don't have um any base commands for uh the puppy yet um, this is definitely necessary to communicate with her properly. Um, like most puppies that I have where I have this issue with the siblings, I will tell the puppy, sit, wait. And I'm watching the puppy as I give the treat to the other dog. And then I tell her good. And then she gets the treat. So she's learning patience and learning, okay, well, when pup, when dog B gets it, you puppy A, you get the treat as well. Like you just need to watch me. I'm not going to, I'm not going to steer you wrong here. Um, I got your back. You're still going to get a treat. Don't worry. And calmly have them wait so they can kind of get through that moment rather than all this crazy energy that's going on and they get they get into a scuffle. So we need to like take charge and be like, okay, sit, wait, 
patience. You'll get the treat eventually. Just give me a second. Um, and that, then she'll just start to learn how to hold herself accountable and, and just calm herself in these types of situations. Um, but definitely this, some, some work going on there. This is why you said that we needed more information because it's, yes. there's a lot of moving parts mm-hmm. here. And mo- for the most part, the advice that we're giving right now is fairly cookie cutter because we don't have more information to go off of. Mm-hmm. So this is just first impressions. Things could be totally different. Uh, the growling could not be communicating that she's uncomfortable. The growling could be, I want that. Give it to me now. Mm-hmm. It could be it could be a form of demand barking. Again, demand going growling. back to Pudge. Pudge does not communicate like a normal dog. Pudge growls 95% of the time. And I would say maybe 5% of it is her being like, get away from me or I'm upset. Yeah. So she communicates that way. That's how she talks to us. Um, and again, she... She's a Chihuahua mix, so we could be going down that same path there. So we definitely have a lot more questions for you, Haley. Please reach back out to me so we can get to the bottom of it, and maybe we can do kind of like a, a, a case study here so I can explain to everybody else on the podcast um, what the situation is. Yeah, and uh, one thing I wanted to just add to that was not to reward any kind of demand barking, demand growling. Mm-hmm. If that's a situation you have, and uh, you start to get growled at because you're not giving the treat fast enough. That's not something you want to want to uh, reward because mm-hmm. it's only going to get worse. Yep. Slow it down. Okay. More Linda. Questions? Yeah, we got a question from Linda. So now we're going to our comment feed. So if you have any questions, you could just submit it as a comment right here and we will answer it. On our Facebook Live. Yes. I can't find it on my phone, but I have it right yeah. on the screen. Linda, who's Opie's mom, says, and we've talked about Opie a lot in this podcast. Well, she just sent me a video like 15 minutes ago of him digging into Erica's bed and getting comfortable, and he got stuck under the covers and couldn't get out. He would. So I enjoyed that. He is a very interesting dog. We love him. (laughs) Uh, Linda says, do dogs need jackets in the cold winter months? Opie outgrew his jacket, and before (laughs) I buy another, I'm wondering how necessary it really is. Um. Yeah, I mean, if if he's going to be out quite a bit, especially on the the much colder days, it's nice to have a jacket to stay warm. Obviously, some breeds um, are, are made like huskies will do fine. They can sit out in the cold all day long and it won't bother them. They'll really enjoy it. But Opie's uh, got Opie's shorter hair. Opie's a, a pit bull with short hair. So he's going to get colder a lot faster than a husky would. So I I don't think that's a bad idea. And plus, it looks really cute on him. So <laughs> he's so handsome. I'm all for it. I think Burlington has dog coats. Burlington's been kicking butt lately over here Burlington in Hazlitt. Coat Factory. Yeah. Yeah. So, Linda, try Burlington. <laughs> Not a sponsor. Uh, Melissa, how can I get my two-year-old rescue to stop wandering off in the house and getting into things? She's constantly getting up and wandering off and chewing things up or swallowing them. That's not good. I try getting... Getting her very I tired. Try, yeah. I try getting her very tired with playing bones, etc., but she's still on oh, the screen's not cooperating with no, me. Not. Where did that go? Up there. Yep. Bones, etc. But she still goes off and looks for something to get into. Aside from keeping all doors in the house closed, how can I get her to stop getting into things she shouldn't? Um, Melissa, when you're talking about bones and toys, are is the bones, are they like marrow bones that are stuffed and frozen? Or are these like um, Nyla bones that are not as high value? Um, we do find that dogs that are constantly getting into stuff, it's because they're bored. I'm wondering if you're the things that you're trying to keep her interested in are just, they're just not enough for her. Um, we will link our Amazon affiliate link, which is basically all of our recommended mental stimulation toys. So everything that's going to keep your dog busy for like 
10 to 30 minutes, depending on the dog and how, um, how active they are. Okay. We tried the bento ball. Okay. Bento ball is great. Um, did any of those keep her interested? How, how long were they keeping her interested for? See if she can answer. What are your thoughts right now? My, my thought is, um, that I think she's just, she's just bored regardless of the bones. I think that she's getting into stuff maybe because she realizes that it gets her attention. Um, so she knows if she gets up and wanders off, then someone's going to come chasing after her looking for her. Did you see that answer came through? No, which one? Uh, she has bad allergies. We don't know what to yet. So we have to be careful with what we give her. Okay. Um, so what I would do to start out with, I would, I would get either around here or wherever you are, um, go to any pet store and see if they have marrow bones that are already hollow. So it's literally just the bone. There's nothing stuffed in it. And then you can stuff that bone with what whatever you think would be safe for her. Um, I'm thinking like, mo- I've never seen a dog that's allergic to banana. And you can always try that. So that's the only new thing that she gets that day. Um, and maybe you give banana for a few days. And if no reaction, then you know bananas are good. Um, sweet potato, pumpkin puree, uh, yogurt. Stay away from proteins at this point if you don't know what what's going on. Um, anything else you can think of that she could stuff with that's not really an allergen? Applesauce? Yeah, applesauce. Anything that you could really freeze. Yeah. Um, sweet potato. Just stick with single ingredients for yeah. now. So Don't that you mix can stuff. kind of monitor for reactions. And then once you get to the bottom of those allergies, then you can really add to it. So that covers enrichment. Yeah. Um, unfortunately, a situation like this is a lot of, if it's out of your sight, then it, you're going to have to control it the best you can which is going to be doors crating um I'm not oh sure. dr mammon says greek yogurt for belly oh, yeah there you go greek yogurt's another good one um right i think the best thing to do is to control control their access to things that they can destroy swallow chew up yeah puppy proof yeah if you don't have an eye on her um someone's got to have an eye or you got to at least be able to try and control. Maybe you can look into an X pen. I know it's a pain to have to get another thing and set it up. But if you have this space, you can get an X pen and put her in there. I'm not sure how big she is. Um, it's, but I, it's think, always tough. I think we're missing a mark here. So obviously I think you're, you're trying with, with the mental stimulation. I think maybe she needs a little bit more of that. Um, dogs like her feel free to give it to two to three times a day. Um, as long as they're not getting the runs or anything like that, they're not having a weird reaction to anything that you're giving. Um, I think a lot of times it's, it's first, it's the mental stimulation that we missed the mark on physical activity is definitely another one. And then, um, positive attention. So, um, interacting with her, giving her attention, um, willingly, positively, um, doing some training with her. If she doesn't have any commands under her belt, definitely start that. Um, if you need some help with that, just let us know and we can set something up. Um, but I think giving the, like the willing of positive reinforcement rather than waiting for her to get in trouble, because if she's going off and it's an intention thing, she knows that's how she's going to get a rise out of you. So that's what she's, she's reverting back to that. She's like, Oh, I'm going to go do this because mom's going to jump after me. Like maybe, maybe you're on the phone or you're trying to work or you're dealing with, um, you know, your kids or whatever your household situation is. You're just not focused on her. Maybe she realizes at this point that that's what gets the rise out of you. And that's what gets her. That's what gets you chasing her. So again, I have a lot of follow-up questions, um, about her behavior, but I, I would definitely look at those three things and see if we're missing the mark on something. The cup is full, right? Yep. Is your cup full? I like that one. 
Um, Allie says, my puppy Reggie was certified and trained to be my seizure response alert dog. But now that, Alex Easton. Yeah, I know. <laughs> I work, Now that I work so much, I feel like he's not as trained, focused, or listening in the house is not going on. Is that normal? And do you think he can relearn if I bring him back to training? Because I live alone, so I need him focused. Absolutely, you need him 100% because he's got to be ready for you. Yeah. Um, that's something, I don't know if you know who did the training for him. That's definitely specialized training, and mm-hmm. you don't want to throw in just any other training that's that's really for getting a dog's attention and basic obedience. You don't want anything to confuse him from what he already knows. Um, I would definitely reach out to that trainer that, or whatever company did his initial training and see if they probably have refresher courses that he can go through, but I would definitely go stick with that trainer. I wouldn't go find another trainer and just do basic obedience, stick with the the trainer that specialized and has worked with him in the past. I tell clients that all the time. They'll tell me that they're working with a trainer already. I'm like, well, you got to choose because it's very confusing for the dogs when you switch things up because I may use different commands than uh, the original trainer might do. And that could really, really confuse the dog. And considering this is, this is a service dog for something quite serious. We need your dog to be on the mark and, and there for you when you need him. Yeah. But it is normal for that to happen. A- any kind of training for your dog, it's a perishable skill with this, sh- with the shelf life. So you got to stay on top of it. And perhaps that there's maybe some things that they can give you to work on at home maybe monthly drills that you can do with him just to keep him sharp because, you know, obviously he doesn't have as much time with you as he used to yeah, or, you know, as they maybe thought that he would. So it wouldn't help to reach out, see what kind of resources they have for you. It should be a, a life thing. Yeah, I'm sure. Yeah. Allie says, Jay jumps a lot when we get ready to go on walks. She is not one to ever jump, but she gets very excited. I try to get her to sit and wait. It doesn't really work. Any pointers to try and get her to be a little more patient? Uh, Jade is literally the female Oakley. Um, yes. so yes, um, we had to do this with Oakley as well. Cause he loves going on walks and he, even if it's not a walk, if it's just going in the car, uh, you get the harness out and he, we literally have to hide the harness half the time because he's a nut. Um, so you put it on her when you're not going for a walk and you just walk away and you just leave the harness on her for a little bit. Um, every day, put it on her and don't go for a walk. She needs to get, um, desensitized to the harness and leash being on her um, because every single time you bring it out, she goes on a walk and obviously she really loves those things. Um, but we want to get her calm and her, for her to realize that not every single time does she have it on. Uh, is she going to go on that walk, which will, which will dull her down a little bit in her excitement, but we do also want to work on the commands as well. So the sit, the weight, which we still work with on Oakley because you know, some of the time when we do put the harness on, we are leaving and he still gets very excited. So once that goes over his head, he's tap dancing and getting super excited. And if he does that, if he gets crazy, I'll actually, I'll actually lift my hands from the harness and I'll, and I'll kind of put my hands like on my chest or something like that. And I'll ask him to sit and he calms himself down and I tell him to wait and I say, wait. And then I go to clip it. If he gets crazy again, I do the same thing when we start all over and I don't get frustrated. Um, because he just needs, he needs patience. And with, um, you know, Jade has the same exact anxiety that that Oakley does, and that comes out in certain exciting situations as well. We just need to have patience with them and just work on this and make this a constant of this is what you're going to do from now on. Anytime she gets super excited, you drop the harness and you have to start all over. And she will learn over time, okay, the the more crazy I get, the less quickly I get to go outside. So that's that it's it's very much so the weight command, how we teach it in all different walks of life, whether it's people coming in the front door, the treats on the ground. It's the same thing when when you act, 
when you act a fool, the treat goes away. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That's the biggest thing is I think that that'll help. The thing that'll help the most is just putting our harness on or clipping a leash on and then walking away. We're not going for a walk. This is just, you're just going to wear your harness right now because it's so exciting and you need to start conditioning her to think that it's not going to happen right away. So there's no sense in acting a fool and bouncing off the walls. Wait, be patient. And then the sooner that she calms down, she'll start to realize Patience. the quicker I calm down, the quicker I get to go on my walk. Absolutely. I just saw something pop up. Uh, Melissa was saying um, we are in Delaware, but if you offer virtual training, we would love to get more information. We do. We do. Yes. Um, send me a DM. Yeah, just send us a, a private message right on Facebook um, and we will get back to you later this evening. Yes. If not early in the morning. I think there was something else on there. There's no more questions, I think. No, just your mother. <laughs> what she say? <laughs> Love the shout out. You're welcome, mom. Um, I think we got to all of them somehow. We did it. We're at 41 minutes recording right now. Awesome. And I don't think we have any other. If anybody has any more questions, you can go ahead and drop them real quick. Otherwise, we're going to wrap this one up. Let's see. In the meantime, we didn't get to talk about on the last podcast episode a new feature that we have put out on our website, possumuniversity.com forward slash podcast guide. He says we, but it's really all him. So well, I don't I want I don't want to take any credit for it that. It sounds is, better that way. I know, but you did so much hard work on this. Yeah. Select the topic. We will recommend the episodes. So we have separation anxiety, anxiety, resource guarding, general Q and A, reactivity, leash walking, prong collars, shock collars, which have been a hot topic lately. Oof. Barking, mailman syndrome, mental stimulation, puppies, potty training, crate training, so much stuff, so many different categories. I'm looking around my mic to try to see my main screen, sorry. Um just go over to the podcast guide, bostonuniversity.com forward slash podcast guide. Whatever episode you are looking for, you just pick that topic and it will show you every episode that we've recorded so far out of 65. This will be number 65 wow. that has uh, what it is you're looking for. And I do get a lot of people on Instagram, our followers will say, you know, did you do uh, an episode on this yet? And I'm always like, like searching. <laughs> I'm like trying to find which episode it is. But now that John came up with this whole um, itinerary. Is itinerary? That's, yeah, that's basically is that a good, what it is. Is that a good yeah. word for it? I like it. Um, that you can easily search this on your own now. and um, It's like the Dewey Decimal System for our podcast. Allie said, how long do I keep her harness on if she is just wearing it in the house? Once Five, she ten calms minutes. Down. Yeah, yeah. Once she calms down. And then, then treat her afterwards and take it her, off. Take calmly. it off and, and go on with the day. Oh, yeah. my dog barks when I leave him alone. I live in a condo. Yikes. That's that's a lot. That's, yeah. There'd be a ton of follow-up questions. I think you would benefit most from checking out our podcast episode, Why Your Dog Barks and How to Stop It. Um, and then if you have... A lot of people checked out that episode and then followed up with us with virtual trainings because they realized that they really needed help. <laughs> yes. So barking when you're leaving them alone... It's, it's going to be a broad anxiety. statement, but it's probably separation anxiety. And if you want to treat barking, barking is a symptom of a problem. So we have to get to the root of the problem and fix the root of the problem. Um, so I would definitely recommend listening to that episode. And then if you go to that podcast guide and look at the other barking episodes where we touched on barking, there are some tips and tricks that you can use to uh, we've done, I think, two other ask the trainers that had barking covered by yeah. it. Yeah, and, and then the episode, Why Your Dog is Barking and How to Stop it. Um, it. There are some exercises you can do, but separation anxiety, you have to be very patient. 
and it will get better. But I, if you are interested, we are doing the virtual training like we were talking about with Melissa. Just send us a direct message or private message and Jamie can get you some information on that. The great thing about the virtual trainings is that my schedule is super flexible right now. And um, you could do one one session and just get all your questions answered and we can get a good, I can explain to you what's going on with your dog and then and then you're good to go. It really, it's whatever you guys want. Um, you're not held to anything. So you do one session, you're done. All right. I think that might be all the questions that we have for this one. Um, this is the first time we've actually done an actual podcast recording live. I think it went pretty well. Hopefully the audio was as good as it normally sounds on our podcast. And if you missed anything of this, I believe the video is going to get published immediately to our Facebook feed. Yeah, I think it does. And then you can also, if you don't want to listen on Facebook, the audio from this will be taken and uploaded as its own podcast episode tomorrow morning. So that's all we have for this one. As usual, you can follow us on Instagram or you can head over to our TikTok. Where John's pissing people I off. I am pissing people <laughs> off left and right on our TikTok. Um, today I made a, one about, I wish I was a way to get it up on the screen and I know. just play it. But it's basically, you can see it on our Instagram. It's basically, uh, people like to cover prong collars with these nice, nice like frilly collars and stuff. To, make, to try and hide the prongs. Yeah. So it's a video like up in the corner, zooming in on different dogs where it's so obvious. And then there's, if you know anything about TikTok, there's audio that plays that's that's a famous TikTok sound where it's like nobody's going to notice. Here. Nobody's going to know. They're going to know. How would they know? And then you can see on there, it's just me reacting to the ridiculous photos. Like, if I you're say, not doing anything wrong and you think that prong collars are fine for your dog and they're not painful, why are you covering them up? Why are you hiding the fact that you're doing it? I said animal cruelty, but make it fashion. Doug said they're going to know. They're going to know. <laughs> Doug Burt. <laughs> exactly, Doug. They're going to know. So that was posted earlier and it's already getting several thousand views. And then our other one where we called out the trainer that was training people or telling people to train their dogs to stop door dashing by slamming them in the door. Yeah, that's a real thing. There's actually video of it on our Instagram. Yeah. Um, I called him out and I made a video in response to that. And our video got 373,000 likes. But it was viewed like 2 million 2. times. 2.1 million views. So that one really blew up. It's just at Paulson University, like all our other social media outlets. And um, yeah, TikTok's where I go to piss off people. And it's really funny, especially if you're on our team. Yeah. Um, so get us <laughs> it's our- amazing how often people will defend prong collars and they get, they get, get it. really butthurt about if it. If there is an, an option available that is more humane and does not use a negative reinforcer that works, right? That works. It's just, why wouldn't you do it? Sure. It takes a little bit longer because well, that's it. people are lazy. Yeah. People are lazy and they want, they don't want to train. They just want things to be done and that's it. And, um, then you, you shouldn't have a dog if you're going to be lazy. If you if you use a prong collar and you don't know what else to do, reach out to us. We will talk about it. Because we have had a lot of clients come to us and say, listen, our dog's on a prong collar. I hate it, but it's the only thing that works for them right now. I will help you get that dog off that prong collar. Yes. Because no judgment. The, the first step is understanding that when it comes to aversive training tools like prong collars and shock collars, so behavior suppression is not training and it's not behavior modification. And that's that's the bottom line. It's behavior suppression. Because the second that prong collar comes off, they're still going to pull. Right. 
your dog is still didn't learn miserable. It's still reacting internally to whatever it is that the stimuli that that's upsetting them. And now all you're doing is taking away your warning signs or getting getting rid of them, stopping them from pulling. But they still have those really negative associations. There's actually a video. Someone tagged us in it. And I saw it somewhere else today on Instagram is a little a, a little pity. She's probably like six months old. And she's sitting in the passenger seat of the car and she's just shivering and shaking and looking down. And the caption over it says, we use a spray bottle to correct her when she's bad. And it started raining outside. And the dog was going into like a full-blown panic attack. I'm going to cry right now. Yeah. It's, it's just started circulating. Like Who tagged us ago. in that? Someone on TikTok. But why? Because they were like, look at this. This is exactly what you guys oh are talking about. And it, it's exactly what we're talking That's about. That's so messed up. People don't know what they're psychologically doing to their dog long term. In six months, that's a, a big developmental age. You're probably going to have that issue in a fear of thunderstorms. And it's probably going to grow into a bunch of other things. And it's going to end up as a shelter dog that is up for adoption with a ton of issues with no home. And then becomes unadoptable. So, and she, the woman uploaded it because she thought it was cute. It's not cute. It's it's disgusting. Meanwhile, it's like perfect evidence of what not to do in, in the real, the true damage you're doing psychologically. That's abuse. To you're using... psychologically abusing your dog. Nope. 25 but Days of Christmas just down. popped up on my phone. Um, Put your spray bottles down. Figure it out. Seriously. It's going to make me angry. Um, yeah. So you can find us over also on YouTube. I forgot about that. We did a oh, YouTube yes. video for the first time in forever. And it actually came out pretty good. Yeah, it's our it's our foster dog Tasha learning look. Yeah, and then we're also gonna have one of her learning touch and wait. all the other great guys. wait do wait. Yeah, um, we did a quick one for one of my virtual clients yesterday of the leave it command. That was more impromptu and funny. Well, you're in like pajamas. I was so in pajamas. It can't, it can't and be our distributed son was, anywhere. Our son was yelling in the background. He was. He was having his banana pancakes. <laughs> um, so that's it. I'll recap real quick. PostonUniversity.com forward slash podcast guide. If you are looking for that selected topic, we'll recommend the episodes guide. Um, head over to there, select whatever topic, whether it be reactivity, barking, and find the episodes that we've recorded in the past out of the 65 that we're up to now where we touch on that topic. And some of them, if they're not an the trainer, we really dig deep into it. Yeah. So it's a great resource and we're going to continue to like, we're going to take this and it's going to go to the trainer. It's going to go to, we didn't really cover barking much. But we covered potty training. And what else did we talk about today? Um, anxiety. Overstimulation. Um, humping. Yeah. Overstimulation. Demand barking. Opie in a in a winter coat. Yes. Yeah. Who doesn't want to see Opie in a winter coat? Yeah. <laughs> I, I'm looking forward to the pictures. You know we're going to get them. Yes. So uh, that's all we have for this episode, guys. Thanks for tuning in to our Facebook Live, Paulson University Podcast. And um, if you liked it, leave a comment. Maybe we'll do this uh a little bit more often i think we should i I enjoy these and it means less editing for me which means i'm happy (laughs) all right we're gonna go have a drink yes many It's, it's been a long day time for some wine all right guys until next week class dismissed